Bowser's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my face? You like it? Hello and welcome to the first annual, probably back of the grid end of season awards. I am your host Chris Evans and I'm joined as always by Tom King. Hello. And by Stuart Greenwood. Hello. How are we guys? I'm prob- probably okay. Good. Are you ready for a fancy award show? Oh yeah. That's a shame because this isn't one. But I was uh, just about to say, you're selling it <laughs> yeah. to be a lot grand <laughs> than it is. <laughs> Hype machine is already in full swing. <laughs> um, as is tradition, we have a bunch of end of season awards, which we will get to in a little bit of time. But first of all, a tiny bit of news to get through. Um, in the week off that we had, um, as predicted, Alfa Romeo were named as the new title sponsor of Sauber, who will now be called Alfa Romeo Sauber F1 team. Um, they had a little fancy event. Um, actually, like a lot of the new Liberty Media guys, all kind of turned up, which was interesting. I think probably just to kind of keep Ferrari happy after Ferrari have been a bit, or well, Minganari, you know, throwing around threats of uh, quitting recently. Yeah. Um, I mean, them sticking on their brands on a different team doesn't really scream a company that's thinking of quitting F1. But there you go. Definitely not. <laughs> Who'd have funk it? Yeah, there's also rumours knocking around for a while of uh, them bringing the uh, Maserati name into F1 as well. But it looks like that's more likely to be their Formula E entry now. Um, so I guess they're spreading themselves across a couple of series to hedge their bets. But um, yeah, it doesn't scream of a, a company thinking of quitting. But they showed off a sort of fancy new red and white concept livery that very much looked like a concept that had been knocked together in not much time at all. But uh, <laughs> wasn't it on like a 2014 car? Or yeah, it was on an old car. It's it on a very old car. One, one of these this season's cars. Yeah, you think they could have got something current looking, but there we go. <laughs> it, it was before the nose regulation change. It yeah, still had the high nose high on nose. it, so it must have been 2014 or earlier. I'm surprised Cyber have even kept hold of their old cars. I'm surprised they don't just sell them off straight away. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's still the same engine in that 2014 one as what was in this year's anyway. <laughs> That's true, yeah, yeah. That is, is, that is true, isn't it? Not, not, uh, not strictly, no. It's, a 2015, it's either the 2015 or the 2016 engine that they've been oh. using this year. Yeah, it's just always a year but old. But finally next year, they won't have that. So it'd be interesting to see where that then puts them yeah it will be mm, it will be indeed uh more interestingly they also confirmed that their drivers next season will be marcus erickson returning and uh formula two champion uh charles leclerc um which i think everybody really expected um there was talk of ferrari wanting to get two of their drivers in the car but um as we know, the sort of people that put money into Sauber are also very tied to Ericsson these days, so he was kind of always likely to keep his seat. Uh, the other Ferrari young driver, Giovinazzi, has been given the reserve driver role, um, so hopefully he's going to have quite a few Fridays and he'll get his chance in a race seat next year because I would very much like to see both of those guys driving in F1. Um, that does however mean Verline is now pretty much looking like he's not going to have a seat next year, the only option left to him now is Williams which doesn't look that likely um, 
which is interesting when you consider that Verline scored all of Sauber's points this year and Ericsson is the only driver in 2017 on the entire grid to not score a point. It is interesting. I, I wonder if Verline's made a bit of a bad name for himself by sort of having a bit of reputation for not being the easiest driver to work with. Yeah, there have been rumblings of that over the last year or so um, obviously Mercedes overlooked him when uh, this time last year when a Mercedes seat became available mm. um, I mean the general consensus that you get from the paddock though is that people think he deserves more of a chance than he's got and he certainly deserves more of a chance than Ericsson I think yeah I mean um, here, here's a question do you think he would have done better than Bottas in the Mercedes Mm, no, I don't think he would have done, to be honest. Mm. I, I think I, it would have been a very, very steep learning curve for him. Yeah, it would have it very much probably would have struggled to handle the Hamilton pressures. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Uh, I had a quick look back over Ericsson's um, record. He scored a total of nine points in four years in Formula One, all of which came in 2015. Um, which, yes, he's only driven a Caterham and a Sauber, but even so... Verline scored nearly as many in his two seasons, one of which was with Manor. So, yeah, not, yeah. it's not not my favourite um, statistic. That I don't like that one. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Ericsson. No, it just sort of goes to show how much you need money to have a seat in F1 still these days, which is yeah. a real shame. Mm. But there we go. So we'll have Alfa Romeo on the grid next season. Um, as we've probably said before, they're going to be running current uh, Ferrari engines rather than a year before. So it's going to be interesting to see where they line up next year. Yeah. Um, and how Leclerc does against Ericsson, because I personally think he's going to blow him out of the water. Yeah, Le- Leclerc is going to absolutely rinse Ericsson. The, the way he smashed through GP2... Um, to you know, to to win that in such the emphatic manner the way he did this yeah. season, Ericsson is just not going to be able to hold a candle to him. I don't think. I mean, if 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 Verline beat him, Leclerc is better than Verline. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Yeah, I can go along with that for sure. The thing you got to remember about Charles Leclerc as well is that he worked quite closely with Jules Bianchi, who was obviously on his way to something. Potentially oh, brilliant yeah. in F one, but they were very, they were very close buddies, and they um, they were in the Ferrari program together. And uh, Jules Bianchi is obviously a little bit older um, mm. than Leclerc, and kind of mentored him through some of the lower formulas and through some of the lower series. So he's got quite close ties to him. And if he's anywhere near as good as Bianchi was looking when he was in F one, then I think we might be onto something with him for sure. Yeah, be exciting to see sort of where he ends up in a couple of years' time when sort of Raikkonen's had enough and and you know all the, in twenty eighteen when all the contracts are, are yeah. coming up for renewal. Uh, it, how long's Raikkonen signed for? Is it, it's just a year? Just in a one, year, one year, year, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tw- I reckon twenty eighteen Leclerc's going to be sat in a Ferrari. You know, well, let's see how he does next season. If he does well next season, then he will. Yeah, I think if he does well this season, he will be. If he has a rocky start, they might leave him there for another year. Mm. Let's hope he hits the ground running. Indeed. Indeed. And I think that's probably all the news we want to cover, unless there's anything you guys can think of that's happened. You know, I should have really should have done this before we came on air. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I had a quick Um, browser. There was nothing of... There was nothing as important as 
our awards. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's time for the awards that really matter. We've had all the official FYA nonsense and the Autosport awards, but this is where this is the awards I really want. Back of the grid awards. We should have like a cool name, really, shouldn't we? Like the Oscars or the Tonys. Yeah, we could the call them the Griddies. The grid. Ooh, ooh. We'll work. Backies. The backies. Yeah. The backies. <laughs> oh, careful! Um, <laughs> they get a pack of tobacco as their trophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that anyway. Um, while we think about that, we can do our first award, which is Rookie of the Year. Um, this is one of the ones where the list of nominations writes itself for us. So that's nice. Um, the only kind of normal rookie this year really is Lance Stroll, who started his career at the first race this season and has done a full season. Well, that's um, that one sorted then. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can also include Van Dorn. His debut was technically last season, but he only did one race in um, Bahrain, wasn't it, when he stood in for Alonso? Yes. So I think we can in- include Van Dorn. Then, of course, Toro Rosso have given us a nice few bonus rookies um, in the shape of <laughs> uh, Gasly and Hartley, who've done five and four races, respectively. And then we also had right at the start of the season Giovinazzi, who did two races for Sauber um, in place of the injured uh, Verline. Um, Ocon, I don't think we can include Ocon because he did half a season last year. So kind of his rookie full season ended halfway through this year. So I don't think we can include Ocon. Does this mean that next year Leclerc's already won the award then? Because he'll be the only rookie more than likely next year. That's a good point, actually. So let's let, let's not get bogged down with next season just yet. <laughs> let's, let's wait and see what Toro Rosso have got on this list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I don't like the look of that list very much <laughs> myself. Um, not a big fan of Stroll. I, I don't think Stroll's... Uh, uh, yeah, he got his podium in Baku, but that was a, such a bizarre race that kind of... Yeah, he... He, I, I mean, think he said at the time he did well to keep his head under the circumstances, but he was very much gifted the circumstances in the first place. Yeah, uh, Van Dorn. Yeah, I suppose his debut was technically last season. He has he he didn't beat his teammate, but his teammate was a certain Fernando Alonso. So, not the uh, you wouldn't expect Van Dorn to beat any any rookie. You wouldn't expect Leclerc to beat Alonso. So, no, you know. Um, Giovinazzi, I remember the the standout memory I have of Giovinazzi in Formula One is he 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 spun it on the final corner twice, yeah. it, twice, twice at the Chinese Grand Prix in two it's in two separate sessions as well. He did it yeah. in quali and then he did it in the race. Yeah, unfortunately, because that's what everyone remembers, people forget that he did the Australian Grand Prix with something like twenty four hours notice and put in a really solid performance, brought the car home like not that far of his teammates he had a really really solid debut race but as you say then he went and spun it twice on a straight yeah in two days yeah. kind of uh, closed that a little bit yeah. speaking of rookie spinning as well Lance Stroll in Russia I remember him just spinning it all by himself around a really easy corner um so uh, there's no way I'm going to give Lance Stroll rookie of the year you guys might want to but I'm not going to do it I'm tempted to give it to Ocon because I'd personally, I'd want to give it Ocon. I would, but it's difficult because of the fact that he did spend time in the car last season. He's not technically a rookie, but I have heard them refer to him as a rookie this season. So I don't know. For for me, if we were to include Ocon, I think it's got to be Ocon. If we're not, then I think the fact that Van Dorn has been able to match 
Alonso at some points in the second half of this season is probably enough for me. He's out, I think he's out qualified him maybe twice as well, which is no mean feat. Yeah, and he only um, finishes. He's only a couple of points behind him at the end of the season as well. So yeah, I mean, granted that car wasn't going to be scoring many points anyway, but still, yeah. I feel like if we'd been doing this last year, we'd have probably included Ocon in the running. Well, we would have included Ocon in the running. So based on that, I don't think we can this year. So I'm going to give my vote to Van Dorn. Okay, I'll agree with that, and I will. I'll give mine to Van Dorn as well. I I can only give mine to Van Dorn because he's the only one that warrants a vote out of the rest of them, in my opinion. It's it's a really rubbish way to give an award based (laughs) on the fact that he's the only one that deserves a vote. I mean, we've mentioned Juvenazzi. Like, Gasly, I think, has been a little underwhelming based on his GP2 exploits, but then again, he was parachuted into a car halfway through a season. I think that... With Gasly and Hartley, um, it's a little unfair on them because they were thrown into a car that was in a decline. Yeah, I think we can maybe reconsider them next year. Yeah. Um, uh, how many races did Esteban Ocon do last season? Five or six, I think. He did nine races for Mana last season. So, basically half a season. Uh, yeah, he came mm-hmm. back after the summer break, didn't he? Yeah, about it. replaced. So yeah, Mary, it's, it, it's not quite half a season, but it it is after the. It's more than break. it's it's more than these guys have done. Yeah, yeah. the new guys you parachuted in. They only the most they did was five. So yeah, I don't think we can include him. Sadly. Okay, so after all that, I think our first award winner, rookie of the year, we're going to give to Van Dorn. Yay! Congratulations, Stoffel. <laughs> Moving on to our next award, uh, race of the season. Uh, we've got a whole twenty to choose from. Um, I would say there weren't that many hugely standout races throughout the season. It's not been the best <laughs> I've ever really seen. Unsure about that yourself? <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you guys have as your races of the year? Uh, Tom, you go, mate. You go first. What's your race oh. of the year? Um. I don't know. It depends. It depends on why you're gonna give it race of the year. So for me, in terms of like entertainment and just things going on, Baku stood out. Mm-hmm. I can't say it was the best race of the year, but in terms of an entertainment factor, Baku was definitely up there for me. Yeah, it depends on your criteria, doesn't it? Like you exactly, say, like- yeah. Uh, the ones that the the ones that stand out the most for me are definitely Baku. I think is the biggest standout race, just for pure you know adrenaline and and all sorts happening. It was absolute carnage. Um, USA Grand Prix I thought was really good as well. Yeah, that was a good one. Very much enjoyed that. Um, well, I th- I think they're my two. They're my if Mexico I to... was pretty decent as well, just because you had guys fighting their way. Through the field, back yeah. Again. Yeah, although it sort of ended the season a little bit with a pre-anticlimax, isn't it, almost? Yeah, it was a slightly anticlimactic way to crown a champion. Yeah. Um, no, that, that should matter. Like, the race itself was, was a good one. Yeah. Um, for me, if I was going to pick one, I'd probably say Baku as well. I thought Baku, just like, there were so many good moves. So, like, the racing was so, despite everything else, you know, all the madness, the racing in that race was excellent. Yeah, that's the thing. It'll be remembered for the incident. But mm-hmm. even that aside, there was so much sort of wheel to wheel racing going on and chaos. It was thoroughly entertaining, I thought. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely well done, Baku, for me. 
Yeah. Oh, definitely <laughs> yeah, definitely better than previous Baku. <laughs> well done, Baku. I think, I think we're in agreement then. Yeah. Cool. Baku it is. Congratulations to the people of Azerbaijan. Well done, Baku. You win the Race of the Season <laughs> award. How many times can we say, well done, Baku? I'm going to get as much as I can because it still yeah. makes me laugh to this day. <laughs> next next time I go to a Grand Prix, I'm making a well done, Baku sign to hold up. <laughs> Well, I'll get T-shirts. Well done, Baku T-shirts. So, show up at Silverstone wearing well done, Baku T-shirts. Yes. <laughs> Our next award is the Overtake of the Year, a.k.a. which Daniel Ricciardo one are we going to choose as sponsored by Daniel Ricciardo? <laughs> um, just to mention something non-Ricciardo, I thought the Hamilton versus Alonso battle we got for a couple of laps in Mexico was very good fun. Very much enjoyed that. Yeah, I agree with that. They've got a heck of a car, haven't they? For them to be able to race like that. Yeah, that was very much a... You can still just about see that there's good in that McLaren. And it was Alonso showing what he can do because that's basically what he's done all season. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Another, another one that stood out for me that wasn't Daniel Ricciardo was... Do you remember Seb against... Uh, um, Valtteri uh, going oh. down into turn one at Spain. Yes, yes that was very, that was a very heck of a move. That yeah. was that was a brilliant one. The one where he just dips his wheels on the dirt a little bit, and you see all the all the dry dirt flick up as yeah. Seb touches the outside. And you know, Valtteri does only make one move, but Vettel sort of weave inside to side, trying to find where he wants to go and yeah, try get to the place the right. Yeah, it's, I, I think that was a brilliant move. And yeah. non-Daniel Ricciardo based. So there you mm. go. Mm. Non-Daniel Ricciardo moves. Um... You know there aren't many of them, are there? Uh, all the all the best ones that spring to mind involve him one way or another. Yeah, yeah. I think not. Uh, what about what about Alonso versus Sainz at uh, Hungary? Was yeah, it? that was a good. That, that was, was a, a very good one. That went that went through that. turn one, two, and three. Yeah, actually, yeah, that was top draw. That one. Hmm. See, I've per- I've purposely tried to not just go. Oh, it's got to be a Daniel Ricciardo one because as the- although he's been very good all year, I think the fact that he's been on it all year has maybe overshadowed a couple yeah. of others because everyone's just like looking for Danny Rick all the time. It's true. Um, but so there's, there's three actual Ricciardo ones that I want to mention. One being him and Vettel banging wheels uh, through two or three corners in uh, China, China right at the start yep. of the season. Yeah. There was his dive bombs into turn one um, in America against Bottas, which turned into like wheel to wheel through several yeah. other corners. Um, and then I think my favorite one was on the uh, safety car restart in Baku yeah. when he outbraked Hulkenberg, Stroll and Massa into turn one. Yeah, that's that, that's the one I was going to mention next. I, yeah, I, that move. And it's one of the reasons why that was one of the best races for me. Was it the the way that the way it just panned out set him up perfectly for he got a great exit at the final corner, managed to get a toe behind like Hulk I think it was Hulkenberg and he pulled out yeah, a lot like, but Hulkenberg himself had a toe on I think Massa, and all three of those were catching up to Stroll and then Ricardo just goes down the inside and just does all three of them in in the breaking yeah. zone <laughs> absolutely <laughs> amazing. And he's, he's the, the the best thing about it was he's on the inside of all three of them as well, so he he's got the the most inefficient racing line and he still manages to make the move stick. I think that was next level driving. I'd I'd happily give that as probably the best 
the best one of the year overall. Um, I'd like the I'd like to think that you could get a top three that's not all him, which I, I think we could. I will yeah. tell you another one that isn't uh, that doesn't involve Daniel Ricciardo, and this is Hulkenberg on the two Force Indias, who themselves were sort of yeah going was, into a rouge. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Perez was pushing yeah. Ocon into the wall, and Hulkenberg was just like, "Thank you very much," and just goes and around then the outside. And then the two Force Indias at some point actually hit each other, and not long after that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they made they made a little bit of contact, but then they made even more contact next time around. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's between Ricardo in Baku and Alonso and Sainz in Hungary. Well, it's gonna be Ricardo then, isn't it? Ricardo in Baku and then Alonso versus Sainz second. That's second place. I can go along with that. Up. I could definitely go with that. Cool. Congratulations, Daniel Ricardo, for winning the award we named after you. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up, the Pastor Maldonado Award for Crash of the Year. I have a nomination. <clears throat> Go. Hit me. Um, I would like to nominate Daniel Kvyat in Singapore for crashing all by himself. That was a particularly un- bad one. Yeah, understeering into uh, into just the wall. It, proper Pastor Maldonado style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Maldonado-esque. Um, what's, what's the criteria for crash of the year, though? I mean, it's whatever we want it to be. Okay. It's the it's this this just just cut the spirit of Maldonado. Yeah, there's there's another obvious one, isn't there? Also, well, also at Singapore. Um, yes, the the well, I didn't make it to term one. That Singapore was a particularly good one. Um, both Ferraris and uh, Verstappen. Yeah. Um. The thing is, all of those happened under racing conditions. I would like to nominate two that didn't. Ooh. Um, firstly, uh, Marcus Ericsson sticking it into the tyres in turn one at Monaco while behind the safety car, which was particularly silly. Um, and also Vettel and Stroll for managing to crash into each other on the slowing down lap in Malaysia. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I've got another one. I've got another really good one. Jensen Button on Ericsson at yeah, uh, <laughs> also good at Monaco where he stood him up on his side. It was Verline, wasn't it? Or was it Verline? Oh yeah, it was. it was one of the Saubers. One of the Saubers. Yeah, um, that was a particularly. I thought that was quite funny. That one. Do you know what? Just because I've never seen it before, I'd be tempted to go with that. I've, I'd, well, I've not seen it in a long time. A car being stood up like that. It was a. It was a unique crash. <laughs> which yeah. is very much in the Maldonado mould yeah like that time he ran wide because he was looking at his steering wheel and not paying attention to the track yeah oh. yeah mm, yeah actually this is a tricky one it is a tricky one I think yeah I think you have to give it I mean it's a, it's a bit an obvious one but you have to give it to uh, the two Ferraris for pincing uh, Verstappen and ending their championship hopes you know it absolutely wrecked their championship that see I, I think that's definitely the most costly crash of the lot isn't it that that's it like is. the most it's the most significant one um yeah. but is it the silliest crash <laughs> is it? i would I I like a bit the of silliest what what about it is a is a random one for you but what can you remember uh was it it was science and stroll it was definitely science and williams but i think it was science and stroll Coming out of the pits, where Carlos Sainz just carried 
on straight into turn one. I'm trying to remember which... Uh, is it Bahrain? Oh, yes, it was Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah, he just came plowing out and just punted him off. Yeah. Which is actually... Malzanada did exactly that to someone, didn't he? He turned he upside them. down. He turned oh. somebody upside down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, actually, so yeah, that's true. He was almost mirroring a Maldonado. The same corner. I, yeah. I can't remember who got flipped, but somebody did get flipped there it was a, it was one year from India. a similar move. It was a Force India. I oh, I thought it was Perez in a Sauber. Gutierrez in a Sauber. Ah, uh, yes, oh, that, right. that'll I be thought, it. I thought it was a Force India. Yeah, that's the closest to a real Maldonado. I'm struggling to picture that one. I can't really remember that one. Either that or anything Kevin Magnussen did. Because he, <laughs> he got the branding of being this year's Maldonado by all the other drivers, he didn't did. he? Even though I don't think he ever got penalised once for anything. Yeah, slightly unfairly, I think. The other option is we give it to both Force Indy drivers of just crashing into each other constantly for a portion of the season. Yeah, those two, I mean, th- those two racers, Baku and Spa, they were I mean, they were pretty serious, dangerous crashes. Those. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the Baku one wasn't because it was quite low speed, but the... the, the the spa one where he pushes them into the wall that is sketchy sketchy driving He's, he was looking not to get in a lot of trouble for that i thought perez yeah, yeah. that was a bad one um do you know i think i'm still vettel and stroll on the slowdown lap is still leading for me just because it's so bizarre and no one does that but it's you wouldn't put it past maldonado to do I think I think if we're going for a Maldonado of the year, it probably has to between that be, be between that and Jensen flipping Verline into the wall. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be between those two because they're probably two of the most Maldonado type things. They're very unique crashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. I I think the JB. Um... JB Just so we can get JB an award. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even that. if it is Maldonado move of the year. Yeah. Oh, he won't. Let, he's never going to come on this show, is he? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was just. It's more just because it was so, so, so bizarre to see a car just stood up on its side. And the cool thing was, it gave us a really clear view of the underside of a Formula One car, which is, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is always yeah. nice. Stu, just to check, is it in his book? It's not in his book. It's not in his book. <laughs> so I usually mention if something's <laughs> in his book. <laughs> he neglected to mention that one. <laughs> cool. Uh, Jensen Bunny is then. Congratulations. You win the Pastor Maldonado Award for Crash of the Year. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Liberty Media Award for Needless Change of the Year. Um, I've got hmm. a few for this one, but I'll let you guys jump in first if you have anything. Okay. I've got one. Go. Um, the driver intro- introductions in the uh, before the USA Grand Prix. I, I thought that was that was completely that's redundant. on my list. Yeah, <laughs> I did not see the point. Yet. It was so long as well. That's, yeah, that is on my list, but I also feel like I didn't hate it as much as most people seem to. So I'm not saying I hated it. I just thought it was bizarre more than anything. It just didn't seem yeah. to fit properly. That was the thing. Speaking of bizarre things at the US Grand Prix, can we class projecting an eagle onto the track as a needless change? Yes. Oh, that was <laughs> so funny. I mean, that was ridiculous. It's a change. It's a change it, in as much as no one's ever projected an eagle onto the track before, but it's a yeah. little bit tenuous. The size of the shadow is it's like a dragon flying across. It's like Daenerys sat on top of the thing. <laughs> Hmm. I mean, the obvious one to go for is the logo change, but I'm—I mm. mean, I'm already over that. To be honest, I'm kind of fine with it. 
Yeah, I'm quite fond of it actually. <laughs> yeah, it's growing on me. Careful, don't go too far. <laughs> <laughs> pointless change one thing I would say was definitely a needless change was Toro Rosso changing their drivers in USA to let Gasly go do Super Formula which turned out to be completely pointless because the Super Formula race didn't happen so Gasly just sat in a soggy Suzuka for a weekend yeah I mean you could call a lot of Toro Rosso's driver changes needless but Hmm. did you have any Tom? Not that we've not that we've not already mentioned. I'm uh, trying to think if there's anything that you guys have not mentioned that I would put forward, but I'd say thank you, Baku. Uh, well done, Baku. But that was last year, wasn't it? How about changing the podium into a rotating disco? <laughs> what to copy Formula E? It was yeah, in Mexico. In Mexico, yeah. What I didn't see that. Do you not remember you when, did. The, when the, the no, pod- I didn't. I, I, I literally because I watched it I was on holiday wasn't I I watched it in the pub and then you as soon as the race have, finished oh. how did you do, we talked about it on the show I'm sure we did unless yeah, that was one of the it, recordings you, you had to miss yeah, but if you, no no if you listen back to that oh did I what, did I record that it could have been one that you had to miss maybe you were away on holiday or something yeah I was on one of my many holidays embarrassingly <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, trying I, to find you a gif of it that. you need to see this it's, it basically yeah it was it was in the middle of the podium Ceremony. It, the the podium itself started rotating around, and the DJ on the other side playing some banging tunes, as we'll call them. <laughs> and bangers. Kimi Raikkonen just stood in front of it, looking really not bothered, drinking champagne directly from a bottle. And I was just like, I bet that's what Kimi Raikkonen is like in every club he ever goes to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that, oh, here we go. I've got, I've got the, uh, I've got the. It's not the full rotation, but it's Kimi looking uh, <laughs> nonplussed. That's what point pointless <laughs> pointless change of the year. Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm trying to think of something that we've not already mentioned to put, have some real input, and I really can't think of anything. <laughs> but yeah. I... I think I think the eagle flying over, as Chris mentioned, the, the eagle shadow in in. Uh, Should we just give it to the eagle? Yeah, I think the eagle deserves it. That's, just just that's, because it's very just, meta, because we're the ones that pointed it out to everybody yeah. else. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to give this award then to Liberty Media for superimposing a colossal eagle onto the track. <laughs> Don't feel like that's a change Formula One needed. <laughs> Uh, our next award, the Lewis <laughs> Hamilton Award for Best Crowd of the Year. All uh, of them. They're yeah. all always fantastic if he's yeah, on the podium. Exactly. Any race that Hamilton was on the podium for, which was, wasn't that all of them? In, <laughs> Most. I, I will say, in Hamilton's defence, I did see someone put a video together of this, and he only actually said a crowd is the best crowd in the world twice. All the other ones, he just said how good the crowd were. So it's not quite as bad as people make it out to be. It just shows you can't say anything more than once when you're in a position exactly, of yeah. sort of being heard by lots and lots of people, can you? Because people just jump on it so quick. Um, I actually have a slightly serious answer for this one. Yeah, go, go on. on. Go. Um, I'm going to say Mexico. I mean, Mexico is a pretty phenomenal crowd anyway, especially with the baseball stadium and stuff. But if you remember this year, it was um, not that long after the um, earthquake 
which was on September 19th. Oh, yeah. And on lap 19, the entire crowd stood up and held their fists in the air in a kind of yeah. tribute to the people who were um, the victims of the earthquake, which was pretty oh, spectacular. Wow. Yeah, so that's... to get serious for a second, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. No, I think I can go with that for sure. I think we can't. Yeah, okay. We can't really not go with that one. <laughs> I, I think. I think the. Only, I think literally the only ones that you'd normally go for are the ones where a huge amount of people have turned up, and that's one of them anyway. There's like there's certain places where a lot of people turn up regular, and there's like the British Grand Prix. There's um, Monza. Monza. Uh, then there's I don't know. Um, Mexico and Brazil probably yeah, they're probably four Austria. of the most attended Austria people show up yeah. yeah there's a lot of Austria that's like an actual step and home race practically yeah. isn't it yeah I think also worth giving the US Grand Prix a mention as well because that's being very much embraced and they're getting really good crowds there as well yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it looks like a heck of a race to go to it does one. yeah the Mexico one does as well I would love one day to go and do both of those yeah, in, that'd be awesome because they're one after the other aren't they so. yeah yeah. I think I think I could, could definitely go along with Mexico because of just the crowd and then, like you say, sort of everything else that was tied yeah. to it. Mexico yeah, is Mexico, then. yeah. Good on you, Mexico. Uh, next, well done, Mexico. Well done, Mexico. <laughs> uh, next up, um, we have someone to introduce this award for us, hopefully. Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? It's the W2F are we doing here award of the year in association oh. with Sebastian Vettel. Um, it's probably quite a few of these for this season. Yeah, well, there's at yeah. least 20. Yeah, I we found think... one per race at the very least. <laughs> yeah, I think that for this one, Seb might need his own award. I think Seb's going to win his own award here as well. Because there were a couple of things that he did towards the end of the season that basically cost him any chance of taking the fight to Lewis. Yeah. One crucial one being when he was amongst three drivers that wiped each other out. And I'm not pinning blame on him, but that moment between those three at the start of um, yes, Singapore is quite likely to be up there for me. That or crashing into Stroll just being silly. Yeah, It's very diplomatic of you, Tom, you <laughs> put that. Thanks. I would also add, I don't know if it's part of the same nomination or a separate one, but the way Ferrari handled what happened in Singapore when they essentially tried to pull a fake news and claim yeah. it didn't happen the way everyone saw it happen. Yeah. yeah. We, we definitely got our Photoshop of the year from that. Yeah, that definitely. Event. I can tell you that. Um, I think oof. the other obvious Seb nomination is him um, losing his head in Baku. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. That yeah, he's it's going to go to Vettel one way or another. This yeah, I think he really is. He's cost himself quite dear, hasn't he, this season with his own sort of yeah. him and the, him and his teams. They've only got themselves to blame for losing this championship. I think. Do, do you know what? I think I'm. I'm now you've said it out loud. I'm slightly inclined to go more towards the Baku thing because the turn one Singapore thing is. Kind of want just one of them things that happens every yeah, it's so just often. A race, racing, incident. It, it, yeah, and no matter what, that'll happen. You know, once every year or two, you'll get yeah. people quite high up the grid, squeeze each other, and something go horribly wrong. We saw it last season. Fair enough, it wasn't into turn one, but Hamilton and, and Rosberg took each other out before they got to like turn four yeah. of uh, Catalonia. So yeah. 
it you know something like that happens and generally it's a racing incident so i don't want to say it was a wtf of the year but i think driving up alongside another driver because you felt he brake checked you and ramming into the side of him very clearly in front of the world is maybe a bit of a wtf i think so i agree with that yep. entire, definitely entirely definitely yeah cool. well done well done seb you've won your own award honestly what the are we doing here you tell us seb you tell us, <laughs> you tell us. <laughs> right uh let's get into the the biggies now uh the real meat of the show uh we'll start <laughs> off with team of the year i think um so as with the mid-season awards that some of you may remember we did uh we have all separately scored every team and driver out of 10 and i have collated all of those to give everything everything everyone uh, i'm gonna go from the bottom up a score out of 30 yeah we'll go bottom to the top bottoms up uh so we'll start with teams um right at the bottom um with a total of 12 points is sauber unsurprisingly i think yes um they are followed uh, equal eighth place is toro rosso and Haas, both scored 15 um mm. just above them is williams on 16 points uh, then equal fifth, we have Renault and McLaren, both on 18 points, which is an interesting pairing, I thought, given that uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a McLaren-Renault <laughs> yeah. next year. Yeah. Uh, in fourth place on 22 points, we've got Ferrari. Oh, we were very harsh on Ferrari this time. Uh, third place is Red Bull on 23 points. Second place, 26, Force India. Yes. Uh, and our winners, only a point ahead of Force India on 27 is Mercedes. So congratulations to Mercedes for winning Team of the Year and almost as many congratulations to Force India for nearly scoring the same points as them from us. I'd assume that obviously the reason they've ended up there is very similar to, for all of us, the reason we've scored them as highly as we have and it's consistency in finishing there's literally yeah. two retirements for both of drivers all season there was um the azerbaijan one for perez and then the brazil one yeah. for um Ocon, Ocon. Yeah. it's consistency and it's points per pound as well like they have a, yeah they don't have a massive budget and they yeah really achieve miracles not not just that but they were key to the show a lot of the time as well mm, I thought. yeah they, they were they they gave us some really really good things to talk about yeah i mean we've been pre-podcast me and Stu have been very critical of force india in the past but yeah they you're not the only in, one uh, yeah know, like we, we've we've all been but i think just the last couple of years they they seem to have really got themselves together because they were notorious for being okay at the start of the season and then fair enough they probably didn't have the money to do it but they were notorious for dropping off and having just the same car that started the season at the end of it and not developing Mm. anything whereas whether they've changed philosophy or whether they've put more money into development whatever it might be the last couple of years they seem to have done a much better job of staying with the pack and improving and maintaining the good results that they've got early on and i think that's worth some credit for them at least absolutely well, well, they've they've completely outdeveloped williams this season yeah, got oh, the yeah same for sure. them and they absolutely rinsed them like at the beginning of the season williams were a little bit quicker than force india a tiny bit quicker than them and 
Fuss India have just run away from them, like, and Williams have just not been yeah. able to hold a candle. So whether that's that that's because of the drivers or not, I don't know. But um, Williams are actually the only team that we gave the same points now as we did at the halfway point. Interestingly, really, yeah. Um, Ferrari dropped the most points. We scored them four lower than we did mid-season. I'm surprised. Uh, and the biggest gains were McLaren. We scored McLaren eight points higher wow. than we did mid-season. Is the- I realised that I'd been quite harsh on McLaren after I looked back at it because I probably I don't think my score between mid-season and now really changed that much. And I think it's a bit harsh. I think I might have said this mid-season that I think my score on McLaren's a little bit harsh because yeah. the chassis is very, very good. But for me, I gave them five points and all five points are based around the chassis. They've yeah. got nothing to do with the engine whatsoever. They, that engine's a zero for me. Well, so. I- I gave him seven, and do you know want to know where the extra two points came from? <laughs> the fact that Fernando Alonso. No, the fact that they've managed to ditch the engine. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a decent one for next season. They get two points for a good business decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we've not really mentioned our winners, Mercedes, but I mean, they. What did you say? What four four constructors titles on the bounce now? Um, yeah. yeah, this is the first one when they've really had some competition for it and they still came out on top yeah well it's four drivers titles in a row as well it's just not yeah. being the same driver yes yeah. hard to fault that really it, they've been pretty flawless I think this season there's not really been anywhere I think there was one race where mm. they looked a little bit off the kilt yeah and that they did get outdone on strategy by Ferrari a few times early in the season, um, yeah. which was unheard of for the previous few years. Um, but we did pretty much all score them. I think we all scored them a point higher than we did last year, which seems fair. Uh, sorry, at midpoint in the season, which seems fair. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They definitely were much stronger second half of the season than they were first. Half. Yeah. And whereas Ferrari, we dropped them points, which I think completely makes sense because they, yeah, they they fell apart didn't yeah they? just tailed off so yeah. much the second half red bull should we mention red bull rebel yeah um again we scored them quite a few well yeah four points between us we scored them higher than the mid-season which i think is fair they started off pretty poorly um but second half of the season like were very much on pace uh actually beating mercedes and ferrari on a few occasions um, they really need to hit the ground running next year, don't they, Red Bull? Yeah, they really do. Hopefully, that hopefully Renault will give them an engine that's sort of does the business. Same yes. with McLaren as well. I'm really hoping that we get a good McLaren and uh, Renault fight next year. Yeah, yeah. I um, think we will. Well, the, the McLaren is basically a Red Bull these days, isn't it? Yeah, they, I mean, I Peter P from from Red Bull. Yeah, I would say the McLaren chassis is probably better than the Renault chassis, but I guess we'll find out next year when they both got the same engine in the back. Yeah. Right, should we do the big one? The big one, drive of the year. We'll go through the lot. Uh, last first, we actually had twenty five different drivers this year, for one reason <laughs> or another. More drivers than races this year. <laughs> yeah, and we have included all of them. So, starting from the very bottom, in 25th place is Marcus Ericsson. Um, who what a been, surprise. Who has been beaten by drivers who did five, four, two, and one races. <laughs> um, he scored a grand total of six points between all three of us. 
which is rough. Uh, we all agreed. We all gave him two, so we all think he was yeah. equally bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, sorry about that, Marcus. Uh, in twenty fourth place on ten points is Palmer. Um, we only, I think he only did one or two races uh, after we did the rankings at mid season, um, but we managed to find two more points for him between us. But still a pretty poor season from him. Because I think he finished in the points. He did get some points finally, yeah. I think that has probably helped him in favour a little yeah. bit. In 23rd place on 11 points is poor old Danny Kvyat. Um <laughs> Again, we scored him slightly higher, I think maybe because we just all felt sorry for him. <laughs> he's had a horrible, horrible season. A um, couple of points ahead of him in 22nd place is Giovinazzi. Uh, who only did two races, but we were impressed enough to put him ahead of three more full-time drivers. Uh, equal 20th on 14 points is Kevin Magnussen and Pierre Gasly. Then equal 16th on 15 points, we have Stroll, Verline, Hartley and Button. Um, <laughs> I was slightly surprised we put Button that high, actually. I scored him lower than you guys. Um, I, I gave Button six points, and I was I was going to give him a couple less, but I I realised that he actually out qualified Van Dorn at Monaco. He did, um, yeah, having basically jumped in the car with little notice. Yeah, yeah, which is that's a big deal, man. Like he still got it. For me, for me, it was a five, and it was. I remember when we discussed roughly what the, we all felt the numbers meant last time, and for me, five is like a nothing brilliant, but nothing crap either. It's like just straight down the middle and I think to get in the car and do what he did would have maybe taken him over a five but then just a couple of little things like the crash into Verline sort of brought him back down to the five for me Um, that's why kind of Hartley's in that ballpark for me as well because he jumped in the car at short notice and only had like two three races or whatever it was to to find his feet in it and and he had a car that wasn't working properly at the time so there's a few drivers like that that I've kind of got hovering around a five that maybe could have been better but for circumstances but just kind of evened out around there have we had Duresta yet we haven't had Duresta yet no okay sorry carry on then um I thought Stroll was interesting we actually scored him two points less this time despite him having a podium since we last rated him <laughs> no I thought no no it, ju- it just had the podium oh he just had it yeah ah uh, yeah. okay I think he fell apart at the end of the season so his, his final he race in Abu Dhabi was an it was it was abysmal I don't know <laughs> how really he, I don't know how he's going to keep his drive if he's going to keep driving like I tell you what he'll be gone by mid-season if he has any more results like that because that was that was really 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 poor yeah um, where are we next? Fifteenth uh, place on sixteen points is uh, Anna Grosh. I just mentioned him. Never mind, I'm losing my mind. Uh, equal twelfth on seventeen points, we have Duresta, Massa, and Raikkonen. It's <laughs> an interesting combination. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, but Ra- Raikkonen's never really got up to the boil. I don't think this season. Has no, it? I no. think he's been pretty poor, honestly. Um, um, Deresta showed up again with half an hour's notice, jumped in the car with the wrong size shoes on, <laughs> and and managed to not be last. Which I, and, and, and Williams as well, which I think is you can't not give a man points for that, can you? Really? <laughs> give a man points. Man <laughs> gets points. Um, and Massa as well, I think, has been fairly underwhelming all year. Yeah, Massa's been poor to average. I'd say. He's, yeah. He's, 
he's not really done anything. And uh, but moan, he's done a lot of moaning towards yes. the end of the season. Um, eleventh place on nineteen points. Uh, Valtteri Bottas all the way down in eleventh. Mm. We've had we dropped him quite a few places since mid-season. Um, yeah, so I only gave Bottas five points. Oof, you harsh man. Yeah, what did we you were guys giving. We both gave him a seven. Um, I, I think I f- it has been a, a middling season for him. Like he's won. Did he win three races? Two races. No, he won, he won three. a couple. Three races. Three. But then he also had some terrible, terrible races where he was just massively off the pace. Mm. Yeah, the, the thing for me was he had a he had a really sort of off spell, um, basically since the summer break. He was kind of on on pace with everyone, and he was more or less on the podium every week and uh, up until the summer break. Then after the summer break, despite a couple of races where he was there or thereabouts, that was partly because of retirements, like Vettel retiring in. Singapore and obviously you know that had Raikkonen and Verstappen out which kind of and even then he still only came third <laughs> so yeah. it, like he had a really bad sort of spell but then the the end of the season for me he sort of got on top of it worked out what was going on in his head or whatever it was got his confidence back and then yeah maybe Lewis wasn't trying as hard as he could because he'd already sealed up the title that's possibly part of it possibly but a second a second and a first to round out the season I think kind of redeemed him a bit and at least showed he can come back from that and to not forget he didn't finish lower than fifth we say he had a bad spell but he didn't finish lower than fifth during that time since the mm, summer break true. so well it's true but he was distinctly number two all season though wasn't he would you not say yeah that's yeah, true so was Raikkonen, that's why I scored Raikkonen exactly the same as him. Ah, oh, right, fair enough. Oh, no, sorry, I scored Raikkonen a tiny bit lower because Raikkonen didn't win. Yes, yeah, that, that, that's that, kind of what I thought as well, I think. Mm. But there we yeah, go. Yeah, uh, you're right, you're right. I, I, I was probably, I'm probably being a bit harsh on Bottas, though, which I should have given him a couple more points, maybe, but, you know, I was in a rush. <laughs> Too late now, the votes are in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in equal ninth place, we have Hulkenberg and Van Dorn. Mm. Um, Van Dorn I'm not hugely surprised by Van Dorn actually is the equal biggest gainer from mid-season with someone else we've not got to yet He we scored him five higher than mid-season um, mm. which kind of goes on with what we said with him being rookie of the year is that he in the second half has been much much closer to Alonso who is very much a known quantity so for someone to be matching Alonso is damn impressive yeah, yeah. um yeah, Hulkenberg again, he's up a couple of points. I think he's had a much better second half of the season than first half. I think it's, I think he was let down a little bit by reliability, wasn't it? It's he? hard to judge with someone like him, yeah, because he had so many reliability issues. Yeah. We never ever got to see him and Science have a proper race. No, ever, really. It's gotta yeah. happen next year. Yeah. Uh speaking of which, equal seventh and twenty one points is Sainz and Perez. Um mm. both drivers who had really Solid seasons. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? So, I, I forgot about Science's fourth when I was scoring him. He did have that fourth, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you give him? Seven. We all seven. gave we all gave them both a seven, actually. Oh. Um. I think. I think seven's probably about right. Even even with the fourth place. Yeah. What yeah. when I was scoring Signs, what I had in my mind was him just 
flying off the road on lap one in Suzuka. And I kind of couldn't get that in my head because it was so, so such a lame way to end his time at Toro Rosso. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it's, you know, it's funny with science because he scored quite a few, he scored basically all of Toro Rosso's points, I think, or just about most majority of, vast majority, of yeah. the vast majority of them. Um, and then he went to Renault and had a whole bunch of retirements. Yeah. In the, that was a whole thing, wasn't it? Him going to Renault was like, can you remember the the, the saga? Of, yeah, where where we didn't know who 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 was even gonna. He wasn't even part of the factory. It was more who's gonna replace Kvyat because no one's into Kvyat anymore. Yeah, and Will Palmer saying, "I'm definitely here to end the season. Definitely here to end the season." Oh wait, yeah, yeah. he's gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 let's not forget all that was because McLaren wanted. Yeah. Renault engines, such a weird, yeah, such a weird chain we had to go through there. Yeah, so bizarre. It's been an odd season. Hence us having twenty-five different drivers, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, down in sixth place on only twenty-two points, Sebastian Vettel. Ooh. Um. Someone scored him an eight then. Yeah. Um, I scored him an eight actually. I scored Um, him seven. Yeah, Yeah. me as well. One down on what we said mid-season. Um. Yeah, he's he lost the title partly through Ferrari's shenanigans, partly through his own mistakes this season. Um, yeah, which I think kind of reflects that. Yeah, I think I, you know what I I can't believe I've given him seven. <laughs> I, I feel like I should have given him less. <laughs> well, if it's, it's any if it's any consolation, I gave him seven as well, and I've got uh, one, two, three, four drivers all higher than him to come. I think one, yeah. I, I feel like an eight's maybe too much for him now I'm looking at it, but the thing is <laughs> yeah. this the scoreboard is that close, like one point here and there would probably only have dropped or gained them one place, maybe two, yeah. so he was the oh what's the what's the phrase? He was just the, the architect of his own oh, downfall, sure. wasn't it? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He, he, Absolutely, just he threw it away. I thought, and and you know what? The, the, it's it's annoying. It's most annoying because we were we were really. This was the season that was going to be Hamilton and Vettel going yeah. for it, Hammer and Tong against each other, and it only really happened at one or two. Well, it never really fully happened at any races, I don't think. But like, it only really properly happened with them two racing on track at maybe one race. Yeah. Yeah, we were kind of robbed a bit, really. On which, yeah, we were, we were robbed a few times because you know, Singapore was absolutely teed up to be an absolute banger of a race. And it just it fell apart before they even turned one, wasn't it? And that was yeah. the race that was going to be, right, this is this is it. This is the turning point. That was always going to be the turning point of the season, regardless of... Because that, yeah, that was on paper going to be Mercedes' worst race. And yeah. they ended up and, coming away with the championship <laughs> lead. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, they, I bet they couldn't believe their luck when that happened. Oh yeah. Um, right, fifth place, top five now. Uh, on twenty three points, we have Ocon, who is fast becoming um, our favourite driver. I think. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he, we say something nice so about good. Ocon every week now. Yeah, he's 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 just been fantastic. I can't wait to see him in a better car. To be honest. Yeah, broke the record for um, most finishes for a rookie. Was it? Or did he even yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most finishes from the start of his career, if that's how you yeah. want to. Yeah, he broke the record. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he only broke about one or two races before he uh, before Brazil. 
and the final you know when he did lose out get the retirement it was through no fault of his own yeah was it yeah. mr rock consistency <laughs> um then we have equal third now uh we have the two red ball guys ricardo and verstappen both on 24 points which i think i feel like across the seasons they both had that's probably fair yeah i think so <clears throat> they sort of shared the unreliability between them across yeah. the season mm. Verstappen had a shocking first half of the season for reliability um, then that very much landed at Ricardo's door in the second half yeah um, what, just out of interest what did you guys actually score those two we both scored both of them eights oh I gave both of them eight as well sorry all yeah all, all three of us scored eight. them both eights well, there you go. That that's absolutely out, unanimous, isn't it? Out of We've interest, been... how has that changed since mid-season? We scored Verstappen three more. We scored Ricardo one less. So Which Ricardo's set... gone up, up. You mean it's Ricardo's gone up one and Max has no. Gone, or Ricardo's gone down a point. Verstappen's mm-hmm. gone up three points. That makes sense. Which kind of says that we're taking reliability into account. Yeah. account I, don't, I don't know if it's that. I think, well, for me personally, anyway, I think it's more that Max did a little bit more with his. Like, he got an extra win and stuff like that. I think that Max was just a little bit more on point when he had his spell of good luck, I think. Don't know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, those two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, They've been pretty evenly matched. It kind of makes sense. Next. Okay, next. Uh, top two now. I think our top two mid-season were also Hamilton and Alonso, weren't they? If I remember rightly. Yeah, have have I think open. Alonso may have taken it mid-season from memory. Actually, no, that's a lie. Last time it was Alonso first and Ricardo second, Hamilton third. Oh. Uh, this time around, for the full season, in second place on 25 points, we have Fernando Alonso. Uh, we've actually scored him two less than we did at mid-season, which surprises me. Do you think we have like a, some sort of weird bias towards Fernando Alonso? I feel like that's probably a little bit generous. I don't know because he scored well in the lead up to the season. He definitely outdrove that car, and he definitely proved with some of the results he got. Even if they weren't results for points, there were definitely things he's done in that car through the season that warrant him being considered yeah. one of the best drivers of the year. Yeah, I suppose when you consider when you just put it on driving standards alone, then. I- Probably we're not being generous at all, are we? We're yeah, being, that's, that's it. We're being fair. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I just I think, think the... that he may, maybe he scored less towards the end of the season is possibly because he seemed to stop pushing as hard as he was. At the start of the year, he seemed to be really trying to just get literally every single bit that he could. And, you know, even the tiniest thing for him was a victory, like the fastest Q3 time when he was at Silverstone, stuff like that was a tiny little victory for him. And I didn't see quite as much of that towards the end of the season. It's Um, almost like getting the Renault deal was like his main aim for the season. Once he had that, he could like chill out out my mouth. (laughs) I think that maybe getting that and securing that and him proving that he still got it as a driver and he's worth investing in, to seal that move to get a better, well, if fingers crossed, a better car next year. I think maybe he took his foot off the gas a little bit. Quite possibly, with, yeah. With all that in mind, I have a question for you both. Ooh. Um, if next season, the by some miracle, the, the McLaren is 
fast. Who and he and he's in contention for a championship, and it's down to him and Hamilton. Who wins the championship? It depends on how close the cars are. Mm-hmm. The, uh, let's let's say that they're, they're, they're even that they're sort of Vettel Hamilton this season levels of close, like mid season levels of close. <sighs> I know that's a tough one. It's, it's a really tough one. I feel like if Alonso had been in Vettel's seat this year, Hamilton would still have won the title. Do you reckon? It might have been closer, but I think he'd still have won the title. Hmm. I, who would you want to see win? Honestly, uh, that's an also I, a very tough one. I, I'd rather see Alonso win the championship, honestly. I think really? I, I think he deserves more championships that he's got, and I would love to see him win another one. I think I'd agree with you on that, which considering my standpoint on him 10 years ago, I find yeah. myself surprised to say because I, then again, I was the same with Vettel. You know, there, there was a point with both Vettel and um, Alonso earlier in their careers where they, I don't know, maybe maybe it was an arrogance that they had, or maybe I just didn't like the fact that they were as dominant as they were in that particular time. I don't know what it was, but kind of didn't like them. And to be fair, Lewis has never been particularly my favourite British driver. You know, I've always preferred people like Jensen to him. So, Yeah, there's something about Lewis Hamilton, isn't there? That's just not, not quite as likeable as, as, as it, characters I, like I think Jensen, it's the same thing that Vettel had when he was being dominant and Alonso had it while he was at Renault the first time round. Like it, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I suppose uh, maybe there's an air of like, oh, it sounds a bit harsh, but I don't know. Maybe there's this air of sort of, pretense about Hamilton that that you maybe don't see in people like Jensen Button and 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 sort of you know uh, Paul De Resta um David Coulthard like he seems to do a lot of image crafting he's certainly he? a very different kind of person to yeah. the rest of the he grid. Em- he embraces the personality and the celebrity more than most doesn't he i think that's what it is and i personally think that's good for formula 1 oh yeah I, it may like the middle-aged men who are have always made up a bulk of the audience probably don't like it, but <laughs> the <Us>. sport well, <laughs> but the sport can't survive on middle-aged men watching it. They need to true. build new audience, and he, I think, he's done an awful lot for the image of Formula One over the last ten years. Yeah. Oh no, I agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. He's a great ambassador for the sport, and you know his his sort of nous with social media and all that sort of stuff. Which, which I, I'm I'm not a big fan of social media, despite being on a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, he, he has got he's, he's sort of the millennial generation driver almost, isn't he? Yeah. 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 There's something distinctly old school about some, some drivers like sort of Vettel. Raikkonen, Alonso, like Vettel and Raikkonen, neither of them use social media, do they? They're not on things like Twitter and no. Facebook. Um, no. And Alonso is not the kind of guy to be like constantly tweeting. Fair enough, he uses them. But yeah. then again, Alonso is very much a man who's crafted his brand over the last few years. But I think he just goes about it in a slightly different way. Yeah. Mm. It's just like I don't know. Maybe it's like the the displays of bling that you you don't really see from other drivers. You don't really see these sort of almost ostentatious displays of. of I think I think that's why he's quite chalk and cheese with some people. 
I mean, did you see him at the um, FIA Awards Gala? No, I didn't. The, did you, did ev- you come dressed as... Everyone in kind of black tie, and he was wearing, like, jeans and some kind of designer T-shirt and looking all fashiony. Looking a bit Kanye. A little bit <laughs> Kanye, yeah. It's... Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. That's that's who it, he yeah, is. Yeah. It's who he is. It's cool. Like, you know, it's Formula One needs it, man. Like, he, he is what Formula One needs, for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. It's just, do, does every... You know, people... I, I, I'm I'm backing myself into a bit of a corner here, but I'm not a bit. I, look, I'm just not a massive fan of social media and all that sort of sharing kind of look at me, look at me stuff. And that's that's what really puts sets me a bit sort of. I don't dislike him. Do you think in the seventies people had conversations like this when comparing James Hunt and Nicky Lauda? Of course they did. Yeah, it's they the same kind of sure. thing, isn't yeah, it? Totally just forty is. forty years on. It's God, like nobody. Some, some people didn't like James Hunt because. He was this drinking, smoking, ladies' man, party boy, and he'd yeah. jump in the car and then jump out of it and go get drunk and have a night out on the town with girls. And, like, um, Louder was the sort of precisionist and, like, he, he studied everything and understood every single sort of aspect of, of it. And it was more... Um, it was more logical than... And I don't know, it's that kind of... It's almost like yeah, a modern version of that comparison, isn't it? I yeah, think. I guess so. I, I, you, you know what, you're right. People will say that. In years to come, people will be like, Hamilton was the, the showy kind of playboy. Yeah. And and that and that is what I'm trying to say, actually, is that he's he, he can come across quite showy and quite playboy-like, whereas as, as, a, as, a, as a fan of the driving and the drivers, I don't really want to see that. I want to see great drivers... F- putting all their commitment into being the best driver they can. And Hamilton almost doesn't need to do that because he's so damn good. <laughs> and again, you do hear people say that he still has an amazing work ethic. It's just... Yeah. That's yeah. true, actually, yeah. It's an interesting it's a, it's a, one. In conclusion, who would you prefer to see win it, Alonso or Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that's where this started. <laughs> yes, I, I very much would like to see Alonso winning races and potentially winning a title again. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I would love to see it be really, really close with them, but I actually, having said all that that I've just said, I'd yeah. actually prefer to see Hamilton win <laughs> and and sort of beat Schumacher's record. <laughs> there yeah. is that. In among all of that, we kind of glossed over, but Hamilton did win at <laughs> oh, of the year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. 28 sort of, points. A clear three points ahead of Alonso, actually. Uh, he, in fact, is the other driver that we scored five points higher than mid-season. Yeah. Um, he's he's been absolutely unstoppable, hasn't he? Really, especially yeah, second half, particularly second half. Yeah, yeah. He, he he found something where no one else could find anything. His talent is unrivaled this season, I believe. Um, just for the sake of uh, completionism, uh, Ericsson got the uh, biggest loss. We scored him four points lower than last year. Than um, mid season, I guess in last year we scored him four points lower than mid season, down on a lowly six points. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Lewis Hamilton for winning our Driver of the Year award, and that is all of the back of the grid end of season awards or whatever we're calling them. We'll send Hamilton his trophy in the post. Put it, put <laughs> I'm sure he'll yeah, really appreciate that next yeah. to uh, next to his <laughs> World Drivers Championship trophies. I think he'll cherish it more. Oh yeah, absolutely. I hope, oh, I hope so. Well, he's had the the big championship one like 
what four times now. Exactly. Yeah, he's got four. Of those. Think in. about how how yeah. happy he was to be the first um, Texas winner. Exactly. Yeah, he loves some. He loves, he loves stuff. getting the firsts. Yeah, he loves to be first. He does love to be first. So we can say he's the first ever back of the good driver of the year. <laughs> Something no one ever said about a Formula One driver and then, ever. Then he could he listen loves to be first. Then he could listen to the episode and hear us slack him off for being too yeah. social media <laughs> yeah, friendly yeah. and go, "Well, that's your interview out the window." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Insights. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> right. What's next? We got sent some stuff. Let's talk about Ooh. that then. Inbox I'll let you box do that, box because I've quick, got quick. cough and hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in box, box, box. We were sent a few things. So the guys at Dats Life, who, for those who don't realise or have already forgotten, are our prediction <laughs> champions for the listeners. We should mention to them as well. Your prize for winning is on the way. There's been a minor hold up, but it is on the way. There is organisation in progress, and they they are aware of this because of a message I sent them. But still, uh, they sent in. Uh, Hi guys, we have a question for you for the season review episode. Uh, recently, I've heard several different people referring to the top four drivers of Hamilton, Vettel, Alonso, and Verstappen. Why is it not a top five including Ricardo? Good question. I mean, I'd um, argue that Verstappen being that top four is not a done deal. To be honest, I mean. I would say I would alternate Verstappen and Ricardo as being in that top four personally. Yeah, well, I mean that that's apparent given all of our voting results. Well, based on their voting, we wouldn't even include Vettel in that. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'd say that I think that maybe people tend to side more with Verstappen than Ricardo is because of how much younger Verstappen is, and the. I think it's this thing of he's still a kid and he's still got so much more potential to to get out of him. I think maybe it's that mentality for a lot of people. I'm not saying it's fair, because I think that as results have shown this season that they're fairly on par with each other. Um, And it'd be really interesting to see them in hopefully a slightly more reliable car this year and see where they end up um, without all these failures from the engine and the MGUH and all that kind of stuff Mm. playing a part. Absolutely. Curiously, it's a top four and not a top five. I think is the crux of what they're asking, isn't it? Um, yeah. I d- I don't know why they why do people refer to a top five instead of a top four instead of a top five? That that does seem a bit weird. I, um. I mean, honestly, like they're probably the four drivers that the media like to talk about the most because they're probably the most popular four drivers yeah maybe it's quite neat to have four popular drivers and uh, and knows? i mean let's face it an article about verstappen is going to get more clicks than an article about ricardo and i think that possibly plays a part in it yeah, yeah. That could make uh, well yeah. do you reckon i don't know well yeah, I think it, probably, so. it probably will it's the yeah. same reason verstappen wins most driver of the day awards yeah yeah he's, he's very very popular isn't he he is, he is indeed uh, Paul Kelsall asked, uh, given the way Ferrari and Red Bull caught up this season, do you think Mercedes will actually make changes to next year's car to allow others, sorry, allow it to follow others better? They have to, I think. Yeah, you'd hope so. I expect a much shorter wheelbase Mercedes next year. Yeah. Do you think that there's something up the sleeves the other way? As in something maybe engine wise, there. I was going to say, I was going to say, make it even longer then. <laughs> yeah, make it even longer. Yeah. No, I was thinking more uh, driving a barge. Do you think they've been working on the engine behind the scenes to maybe 
improve the car that way to try and maintain the lead that way a little like what they did this season I mean I'm sure there have been I guess it depends if they think Ferrari can develop their engine at the same pace doesn't it Mm. yeah absolutely the Mercedes engine will be better next season there's just no doubt about that yeah unless they really mess something up yeah Um, in terms of will it will it be designed to follow cars better um, it, it does depend on how much better they think they can make their engine, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think that's the crux of it, isn't it? It's the confidence that they've got in their engine improvements. Yeah, if they can add another like hundred horsepower to it, then they won't need to do anything to the car because it'll just blast past everyone on the straights. Mm. But if if it could be that they get to testing and find that they're not that much quicker, and then that might lead to a, a bit of a rethink in the aero department. Who knows? Yeah. So, in, in answer to your question, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> your guess is as good as ours. Uh, and Craig Mitchell, the last one for this week, says, uh, with the longer calendar and the brilliant young drivers coming through, do you think Lewis has the mental and physical stamina to equal Schumacher's titles record? Yes, I think he does. I, I think f- he's got... I think he's, he's saying that he's going to last probably until, like, 2020. So... To, uh, there's a question mark over whether or not he'll continue after 2020 currently I think he will continue after 2020 because I don't think there's any other formula out there right now that can, or, or in 2020 that can hold a candle to Formula 1 in terms of what Hamilton's looking for in his racing But yeah I, I mean I don't even think he'll race in anything else when he leaves F1 I think he'll just go off and do other stuff yeah He'll go off and start a record label or something, mate. Probably. <laughs> he he does quite like making his music though, doesn't he? That he is does, one yeah. thing like yeah, that does, is one thing does. he likes to do in his downtime is go make music. Which is probably why he's got the reputation and the style and everything that he has, because mm. it's kind of all part of that part of the world, isn't it? Like that that industry. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I think he does have the everything he needs to equal Schumacher's titles, but I don't think he will. Personally. Wouldn't you like to see it? I'd love to see it. I would. I'd love to see him beat the titles. I think, mm. you know, would he's I ra- had his... I don't know. Would I rather see Hamilton win three more titles or three other drivers win titles? Yeah. Is the thing. I'd probably prefer... Uh, oh, God, it's such a tricky one. Because you, you don't... I mean, records are made to be broken, aren't they? Is the thing. You want to see records yeah, absolutely. be broken. It'd be an amazing sure. thing to see. But I'd also love to see people like Ricardo and Verstappen and even like Ocon having shots at the championship as well. Well, that's down to Formula One management, isn't it? That's down to whether or not they can yeah. get the rules in a in a state that's going to make that possible. Because I mean, to take us on a slight tangent for a second, um, like look at Formula E. We've had it's a fourth season now. Yeah, yeah fourth yep. season now. In th- in the first three seasons, we've had three different champions. We've had countless race winners. Um, we nearly had a brand new race winner um, weekend just gone in the first race of this season. Like even at the height of the Buemi and Renault domination, you still went into every race not knowing who was going to win it, and you went down to the last race of the season not knowing who was going to be champion, which is yeah. infinitely more interesting than watching Hamilton win most of the races and win the championship Formula E is a championship that really excites me um, not necessarily right now but I'm excited for the future I'm very excited for the future of yeah. Formula E well we've got 
um, Mercedes and Porsche joining next year or the year after, I believe. Uh, we've already got Jaguar in there. Audi have now got a full factory team. Um, I think Nissan are going to be taking over Renault's entry. Yeah. BMW um, have come in. Yeah, BMW are sort of they're actually in, involved even more now than they plan to be. Yeah, um, um, Ma- Maserati, Maserati. Or maybe. See, this is this is the interesting thing that it starts a, a debate that we'd have to go into another time. But so many people in the F1 world are of the opinion that Formula E is brilliant, and that's you know that's in a sense that's the future. That's what that is, and they acknowledge that, and it's it's why so many of them want to have less dependency on all the hybrid technology in F1 because what their point is, is that's not what F1 is anymore. That's now what Formula E is. Formula E is about the future of engine. Formula 1 kind of started something along with LMP1 in, in terms of you know utilising all this hybrid power, but realistically the future's not hybrid, the future's electric. So they're saying yeah. that like this, this technology in Formula 1 is very quickly starting to become redundant the more and more it's, it hits road cars. It, it is already obsolete, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but let's save that for another episode. Exactly. Why not? I think we've just found our next episode for the off-season yeah. there. there let's have a, a, a big... Uh, let's, let's let our next episode be a big question about the future of Formula E and Formula 1 and where they might converge. Sounds like a good idea. And obviously, if you'd like to get involved in that and send us your opinions on that or any of our ridiculous ratings you disagree with, you can do so by finding us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Back of the Grid. You can find us on Instagram at Back of the Grid, or you can head to backofthegrid.com, which will get a revamp over the winter break. Yeah. Yes. And while we've got you, do please, please, please don't forget to like and share the the Facebook page and all the Twitter stuff. Um, and yeah share the episode hope you enjoyed it yeah and the episodes for those who are interested can now be found on spotify we recently got moved over onto there so if that is actually a player of preference for you you can now find back of the grid there just by putting it in the search box so enjoy that Uh, Uh, if you'd like to keep in touch with any of us over the winter break feel free (laughs) i am tom king 89 stew is stew underscore px and chris is tnm chris but that pretty much wraps it up for this little season review. And as we say, we'll probably be back over the winter with some other bits and pieces just to keep you entertained between now and the season beginning. Yeah, we should. I imagine we'll squeeze in one more episode before Christmas and New Year, maybe. Yeah, we'll try to. Yeah, yeah. Just, to, just to oil the gears. Yeah, <laughs> keep things ticking over. Yeah. Um, but yes, massive thanks to everyone who has uh, been in touch, everyone who contributed this season. This might be the last time we talk about the 2017 F1 season. So I think we can probably yep. put that to bed now. And before we know it, we'll be talking about car launches and pre-season testing. testing. Poor poises. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thanks very much, everyone. Thanks for being involved. Yep, thank you, everybody. And I think that will do us for this episode. So yep. until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. See you next time. Yay!
congratulations, Stoffel. <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs> You've now <laughs> meant that Tom has to edit music in afterwards. Exactly. Or just edit that out. <laughs> or that, yeah. or that, that, that. I'm going to keep saying it. See? <laughs> and I'll just I'm keep kidding. editing it. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more.